Well, this group, Wednesday night, has gotten probably more of my precept ceremony uh, sales pitch than any other group. (laughs) So tonight, what I'd like to do, with one group last week, we did it with, uh, we were talking, I wanted to talk about the ten perfections or the ten bodhisattva vows. So after you take the five, some people then take eight precepts, which adds speech, more about speech. And then you can also take the ten bodhisattva vows or the ten perfections. And those are ten qualities that you can work on. And those are qualities that uh, a Buddha has to develop and not only develop but perfect in the in that, that life through all the many, 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 many lives that it takes for them to perfect themselves to the point of becoming a Buddha. But they're just ten, ten qualities. And so, how, how many of you have taken the Bodhisattva vows? Okay, one person. Good. And then how many have taken the five precepts? Okay. So, the, the, uh, what I'd, I've, with one other group, we talked about uh, the first of the ten perfections is generosity which we have a chant all about and which we talk about a lot. Generosity is a very important quality. One of the reasons it's so important is when we learn to be generous with our time, with our attention, with sharing a meal with someone, you know, anything that we are generous with, it helps us be, it it helps us uh, have less self. We have less we're, we're letting go of self-interest. You know, we're not holding on so tight to what we have. So it's sharing ourselves with others. So that's a, it's always first on the list. Generosity is, is uh, it's, not, it's not always about money. It's usually not about money, unless we're trying to raise money for something here. But it's more about giving of yourself, giving, giving it could be a smile, it could be helping someone that you see is in need of help when you're when you're walking around, but that's when we let go of ourselves and we're we're opening up to someone else. So it has a lot to do with uh, how we're trying to work at letting go of all of that ego, letting go of all of that everything is me, mine belongs to me. So that's. Uh, and then everything else that we know about generosity, uh, uh, generosity or how we work with it, we discussed in that group last week. And it was really people in the group talking about and getting into, we had kind of a, a good discussion going just about that quality of generosity, how people had seen it work in their life, how they knew, how they, why they knew it was important to them and what they, what they had done to help them um, just just to uh, have that quality in their lives. And so the second one in the list of these ten qualities is virtue, or sila. So virtue is what we're doing, is what we're focusing on when we take the precepts. It's, it's all about virtue. It's all about our behavior and really trying to become more and more doing no harm, to anyone or anything or any 
any, any living thing and not doing any harm to ourselves. So when we talk about the precepts, we're talking about our own personal relationship with virtue. And all the precepts are about our personal, our personal uh, training, our personal journey. You're never accountable to anybody else. Like, well, how about how are you doing with generosity? You know, do you need to give some money to make up for lost opportunities? It's never like that. It's always, uh, I think, well, with all of them, not just the ten perfections. It's a way for us to check in and think about how am I doing? Things haven't been very good this week. What am I? What's what's going on with me? Have I, you know, what am I losing touch with? So. It's the Buddha taught that our behavior, our our virtuous behavior, was a third of of the whole eightfold path. Because to be able to understand his teaching, I think it takes being willing to to live a very high, live with a high standard of behavior. just to understand how the teachings work. And also, to meditate, we have to have, we have to be mindful. You know, we have to always have our minds, if we really want to engage in practice, in our meditation practice, the more our mind is free to just get right into that uh, experience, the better our practice will be. And so if our behavior is, if we're being really uh, virtuous, we have fewer regrets in our life. You know, we have fewer times when we get really sidetracked with some other something going on. And so it just helps our practice. It grounds us. So it's very important that the the teachings from all of the teachers in the, uh, most of the teachers in the time of the Buddha you know, the taking precepts about behavior was a part. This it was something that was pretty common in the Buddha's time with different teachers. So, so he didn't invent it, and all of us were raised, you know, with with values. But the second of the ten perfections is also sila or virtue. So again, it's in the top. That's in the top ten of something that you have to do to become a Buddha. So you're not you we're not above the the uh, the need to be always checking that we're doing no harm to anything or anyone or ourselves. So that's what I wanted to talk about tonight, but have have the talk be based on your questions or your comments or things that you'd like to share about virtue. Or you, you'll hear it, you'll hear it a lot when you're looking, reading the teachings that it's called sila. Sometimes you'll see a, um, I know some nuns whose names are susila, and I guess monks too, right? Susila, and a susila would be a woman, which means like the highest virtue would be the meaning of their name. So, uh, what what do you have? What are your thoughts about it? How do you see it working? If you've taken the precepts, yeah. Are you kind of suggesting saying don't rest in the 
with your own behavior? Well, if you if you feel like you're, yeah, don't rest on your laurels. Like I, and another thing that the Buddha also taught was, if you're really already really a virtuous person, he said exactly that. He said that doesn't that may you that's not enough. That the, then you need to uh, you, you have to deepen your practice. Always be deepening your meditation practice. Always, you know, extending extending generosity, extending compassion and loving kindness even more. But that's a, that's a good point. It's not like just be a good person and then that's all you have to do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we call, we don't call it a law in Buddhism. It's not like a commandment or it's not like, uh, it's not like thou shalt not do this. But what it is is a guideline for us. It's, it's like a training, uh, a training guideline so we, we can think. So the, the, uh, the five precepts. So the beginning, the, the sila that we start with to not to kill any living thing. And that is that also means you know that means don't hurt any any living thing or ourselves. And the second is don't take anything that doesn't belong to you to us. So we don't steal and we don't we don't take things that really aren't meant for us to to have. And the third one, what's number three? <laughs> Sexual misconduct. Okay, I never get these right. The third one is don't engage in sexual misconduct. And the fourth one is, um, is it, what is it? Oh, speech. Yeah, no, no, don't, the first one starts out uh, not telling, I, I'm taking the training rule, uh, the training guideline not to tell a lie. So that's the first one we have about our speech. And then that's why when we take eight precepts, we add more about speech. I'll tell you those in a second. And the fifth one is not to, not to become heedless or uh, careless with the use of intoxicants and, and drugs, uh, recreational things. So the, the Buddha was real clear about that, and the reason that that's such an important one in Buddhism is um, our minds are what we're working with. We're we're learning to really grow our minds, you know, to go further than evolution at the moment. So we're, our meditation is all about working with our minds. We're working to to that's that's our main. Thing. That's what it's all about. So if we're becoming intoxicated and becoming careless in our behavior, and uh, we're ruining the very thing that we're trying to work to improve. So that's the, the one about, uh, not, a, not about medicinal drugs, it's nothing about that, but it's about becoming intoxicated. And, and I've talked to probably people in this group, that can mean anything that we become intoxicated on and become heedless about. If we become heedless because we eat too much, or we shop too much, or we play video games too much, or we shop online too much, or gamble too much, anything like that can that causes us to become 
that's like an addictive thing that causes us to become heedless and careless in our lives. That's I would include in that this precept. So the difference between the five and the eight, then in the eight precepts about speech, we include don't tell lies, but we also add uh, we 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 are learning to we're learning to uh, refrain from harsh speech, malicious speech, and idle chatter, gossip and. If you want to know what idle chatter is, there's an entire sutta about it. And it's pretty much everything that we talk about. And things that we don't think is our idle chatter. <clears throat> don't talk about politics. Don't talk about our families. Don't talk about uh, royalty, you know, like movie stars and things like that. And uh, don't talk about wars. Don't talk about, I mean, it go, the list is really, it's very interesting to read. So um, that's what we add for the eight. And then, then the ten, the qualities, let me go through the ten perfections. But remember, when we take the five or the eight, those are our guidelines. We don't wait till we're perfect with all of them before we take the precepts. We take the precepts when we're exactly right where we are, but we just we decided we want to we do we do think this path has some value in it for us, and we want to work with it more and work a little bit more uh, point a little bit more direct our focus to this path. <clears throat> and taking the precepts is a is kind of a symbolic way of getting started on the on uh, training and and living more this path that the Buddha taught. It's not making you a Buddhist. It's just helping you begin uh, working with the path he taught. But um, the ten qualities that we call the ten perfections, it's generosity and virtue and uh, renunciation, uh, energy, and wisdom. That's the first five. And the second five, patience, truthfulness, uh, determination, and loving-kindness, and then upekka, or equanimity, which is, you know, generosity is always at the first of the list, and upekka, or equanimity, is always at the last, because that's the hardest quality, because that's when we're completely balanced with our emotions and the way we... uh, with our viewpoints and with our uh, with our speech, with everything, so we're we take everything the way it is, and we don't. You know, we're in a we're in a really good place in terms of you know we we kind of ride the waves and we don't get caught. We don't get uh, too attached to the ups or to the downs. So. When we're there, we're we're almost we're almost home. You know that's the that's that's a real and you know we all go through life. Is, it doesn't matter if you've taken the precepts a thousand times. We're still going to have everything thrown at us in this lifetime. We're not getting out of anything, but we're learning the tools to be able to deal with everything without it just throwing us, you know, throwing us back into the deep end of the pool. And so the equanimity is when all of that has we've we've integrated all of that, and it's the way we are. It's the way we live. 
So um, sila, does that that probably makes it a little more clear to you even what the qualities are. So any other uh, questions about sila or your thoughts about it? These are these are not new things too. I mean, I know all of us grew up learning morality, learning how to how to be well behaved. We learn from our parents, from our churches. If we went to church or a synagogue or uh, any kind of any group like that, from our from our uh, schools, we all learn how to be good good students in every class with every teacher. But this is when we take it to be our personal one of our personal uh, helpers on this path. Uh huh. Well, it, that's a good, very good question. I think in the in the day back in the Buddha's time, uh, people would you know people could would engage in conversations and like spend a whole day maybe just talking about what they think what they think is going on in the neighborhood next to theirs or if their neighbor if their little kingdom is going to fight the other kingdom and so one it's it's it, it wastes a lot of time talking about it. Unless you're the king and you're the one who's, you know, has to go to council and figure things out. And so we'll think about the, think about our country right now. And how, if you're, when you're talking to people about politics today, you're either talking to people who agree with you anyway, or you're talking, and so you're all like, just feel comfortable talking to each other, or you're talking, hopefully not very often to people who really disagree with you and then usually you'll that's it's hard for it not to be an argument and uh that it's it was the same back then they didn't vote i don't know if they voted in the buddhist time probably not but um it was it was for just a normal run of the mill lay person to to be talking about war and the, what the kings were doing and stuff was probably a waste of time. It's what you do, you know, after work. Well, <laughs> uh huh. If an individual believes that under extraordinary circumstances, violating a precept is the only right thing to do, should they not get the precepts? Oh, I think. I think violating a precept a precept if you think it's that's the best the right the be, next best thing to do I think that's your totally your choice I mean I don't think it means you shouldn't take the precepts I don't think the precepts are rigid I think the precepts are uh we we're what we're trying to do is work with them to the best of our ability but we're also look you know we're also the Buddha said about everything to come and look, come and see. So we're we're also like testing these precepts. Like, is my life better when I when I when I when I don't drink, or or if I know, for me, I have to just say I don't drink because I know I'll, I can't just drink one or two drinks. Like the, a wonderful group of there, are some people in the world that I think can do that, but 
if it's something that I know is is going to be a problem for me, I know I can't do it. But I have I have issues sometimes with food, so if I work with the precepts, I'm always looking at that. Like th- this this works for me. My life is better when I don't try to to uh, ignore this precept. But you know, sometimes that precept there may be something that you really feel morally, spiritually that there's there's something that overrides it and then i think you have to follow your own you, i i would for myself i would have to say something yes oh yeah i think so because i know there are things politically that i feel like for me it's important to to do to speak out about or to be involved in, or uh, uh, be be connected to something that's definitely political than this day and time, and that for me would would override the idle chatter part. But I, what I do try to do is is uh, be very careful about it. I try to be very mindful now about how I say something and what I would say and. But I think that's that for me is good in any case. But sometimes I, I mean, idle chatter is great. I spend, I'm sure I spend a lot of time doing it. But it didn't mean I didn't take the precepts. And I'm always thinking about it. I'm always, I know. With, so with the one about speech, I find myself, especially about idle chatter, I just over time find myself more and more just. Just not engaging, not not being in situations where that's a big problem, or I can I can walk away from it more easily. Not not being angry, but just it's a, not of any interest. So so then I, that the precept helps me. It, I don't have to already be there when I take the precept, but remembering that precept helps me. For me, it's, that help is always a positive thing because it's usually a situation that I don't particularly want to be in anyway. And I'm, t- you know, we have the same conversation sometimes over and over and over. And so it's it's good to be able to. You know, I'll go talk to talk to somebody else instead of where I know there's a political conversation going on, because I'll just get all worked up about it. I mean, it just and that that has happened recently. Like, if it, the converse, if it comes up in conversation, before you know that you don't want to talk about it, you're talking about it, and then everybody feels really crappy, and then you go, let's let's just not talk about it anymore, because you all agree with each other anyway, and then you just feel bad, because you feel sad that our country's going through what it's going through right now, so. Then uh, I know in in Wisconsin we had years of uh, problems with the governor and closing down, you know, t- uh, taking all the union, getting wiping out all the unions in the state. So uh, in our in my meditation group there, we had a rule: we once we come into this room, we do not talk about politics. It was so close to everybody's heart. 
And, and then people began to say, you know, I'm so glad that we have that rule because I come to this group and I don't have to worry about, because nobody knew at that time, this is way before our current political situation, but it was at the beginning of everything. Nobody knew how the person next to them, like teachers didn't know how the teacher in the room next to them felt about it. So things, people were not friends anymore and people were getting into real heated things and disappointed that their friends didn't agree with them. And so that that room with that rule became like a sacred space because people could just take a break from all that and not we didn't know what each other felt about things at all and we we came to meditate and discuss and it was really wonderful it helped a lot of us because it was a real difficult time did that make sense yeah and i think we have to always look at the precepts that's one thing that's really good about them is we're always looking at them from a different, you know, we're never the same. Our viewpoints are always changing and our thoughts on things are always developing and changing. So we, we can go deeper with the precepts or we can see them from a different point of view. So I, I think we always have to remember that and we, we know we know what's going on in our own world better than anybody else. Mm hmm. Bridget? One thing that I've learned in time that I've had to be careful about is not to, um, also when taking the precepts, not to have an ego about it. And not to. Um, How do you mean that, not to have an well, ego an about example, it? For example, and this isn't my example, but I've seen it with family members. When, when somebody takes a precept not to kill, and they take it as far as in their own personal lives that they don't want to eat animals. Right. Because they've been killed. And then they become very judgmental and finger pointing at others who are. And well, I took the precepts, so and you shouldn't be in, <laughs> you know, all the shoulds and the cooks yeah. and the woods. And, and then and understanding, too, that there's a lot of gray areas in it. So, like, um, we have a Sangha member who's a police officer, and when he spoke about what it means to be a police officer and still have to bear arms, mm -hmm. um, and, and yet he's the exact person I want to be a police officer because he's going to be really mindful when and if he should ever have to take his gun out of the holster for the protection of himself or others, he's going to be very mindful of it. So there's all of these kind of gray areas mm -hmm. that the individual has to think about without imposing, we can't impose our own place in our own journey and on our own path on all the others as well. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's wonderful. Because the first one, not to kill, it, it doesn't, it's not telling us what we can eat or not eat. And sometimes that's the first thing people do. And so they can't, people can become very like, okay, here's how I interpret it. So this is how everybody should interpret it. So it's always, these are just our, per, and how we interpret these uh, beyond a certain point, like those subtleties and when we, we need to, that, that one is, uh, we're questioning it, 
That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing, is just digging into these things and letting our, uh, kind of back to yours about, do we, do we, are we talking about not resting on our laurels? Sometimes we may be really comfortable with our, you know, how we are, but when we start to think about taking the precepts, it's really good to kind of look afresh with new eyes at things. And and it, it gives us new new uh, depth and new insight. Uh huh. Right. Yeah, that's a perfect way to do it. You can just review your day and think, "Wow, I would I would feel better right now if I hadn't gotten into that discussion about X, Y, or Z." Then one the person behind you. Let's, well, as you were thank you. I feel there's a more common ground between the Christian tradition. Yeah, I think all the precepts, I think all of our, our uh, concepts about virtue are in every every spiritual teaching. You know, to to some degree. So the Buddha didn't have a monopoly on that at all, and and he never said that. That, but because that was very common. That's very common in any when you when you're kind of getting your act together and you're becoming. Uh, I guess when you, it's part of that community too. That 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 uh, behavior, our behavior, and the way we, our actions and our speech. It, it 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 affects everybody else in the group, so it's really uh, it's just a good human quality, right? Even if other humans don't do it, the, that's the hard part, right? Even if other humans don't, they play by different rules. The challenge is, okay, these are our rules. This is how we. This is what we're training in. This is what we're trying to develop more and more, even if others aren't. But all of that, all of virtue, I'm sure, originated with humans because, okay, we got to live in this cave together, so we've got to figure out how to do it without just really getting on each other's nerves all the time and eating each other. If we, so that's how we develop, right? We learn how to behave in our families, and we then we go to school. We have to learn some different rules to work with to work in that situation. We go to work. We've got work. Uh, behavior and yeah they but they all should connect if they're good rules they should really connect they're about taking care of ourselves and others and doing the whole over umbrella is to do no harm which is the best rule of thumb i think is it harming me is it harming anyone else 
Yes. Right. I like it too, because if you have just those, you I shall, I shall, I shall not, then then you can rest on your laurels. You can go, well, I didn't kill my mother or my father, so you know that's a. Uh, but but this these are qualities. If you think about how and that that line with no end, it's the the eventual outcome of all these becomes becoming a Buddha. I mean. That's like a perfected, a living perfection of of all the qualities and of all the all the precepts. So that's way beyond just don't do this, don't do that. You know, it 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 envelops qualities that are that are all the beautiful fine qualities that a human can be capable of. Thank you very much for your talk tonight.